Greetings, fellow Federationists. Today is Saturday, October 1st, 2022, and this is presidential release number 520, live from Jackson, Mississippi, at the Mississippi School for the Blind. I am so happy to be here, and I want to wish everybody a happy Blind Equality Achievement Month. This is a great way for us to kick off our work for Blind Equality Achievement Month, and today really is a fantastic day to be in Jackson, Mississippi, where uh, I've had the pleasure of spending the day with our chapter president, Lashana Fant, who's also here. And uh, we spent the day distributing water to members of the Jackson chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of Mississippi to help alleviate some of the strain of the uh, water crisis here. And I wanna take a minute to thank our National Association of Blind Merchants and Nikki Gagos, the president who really stepped up and got a lot of water delivered here to the School for the Blind. We've been distributing it today. And uh, I think Lashana has uh, me making more deliveries after this. So I still have work to do today. And uh, also pleased to announce that we went to both Lyft and Uber and asked them to provide rideshare credits for blind people in Jackson to help uh, offset the cost of going to local water distribution places. And so they have done that for our members. So thank you all for Uber and Lyft. And uh, our thoughts and prayers also go out to all of our Federation family members in Florida and certainly now in, in South Carolina and other states that are being impacted by Hurricane Ian. So just know that the Federation family is, and, and the spirit of the Federation family is alive and well. It's been so heartwarming to spend time visiting with members here in Jackson on really a very historic day. Some of you may not recognize that today is the 60th anniversary of James Meredith integrating Old Miss in 1962. And you know, when I reflect on that moment, which is one of uh, the most iconic and courageous moments in the civil rights struggle for African-Americans, it reminds me that it's even fewer than 60 years ago that we got the first white cane law passed in this country. And so it's less than 60 years ago that as blind people, we started to assert in law our right to belong in the world, as James Meredith did in 1962 in the educational setting, asserting that he and others like him had the right to belong in those educational spaces. It was less than 60 years ago that we as blind people asserted that we have the rights to live in the world, that we have the right to belong in the world. And in fact, we're still fighting that struggle in so many places where as blind people walking with a long white cane, we're not recognized as independent travelers. We're not recognized as being capable of being responsible for ourselves. And in so many places, we still are treated as though we don't belong. I just called out the rideshare companies for being helpful to us but on the other hand, 
in a lot of ways, they do treat us like we don't belong, especially if we happen to use guide dogs. And so when I come to this Blind Equality Achievement Month and on this very special day, it occurs to me how much work we still have to do to belong. And so that's my charge for all of us this month is to use this Blind Equality Achievement Month to assert our right to belong. And whether it's on White Cane Awareness Day or through other activities that we're gonna be having in our local chapters, I encourage our members to have those honest conversations with members of the public about our right and our desire to belong and participate fully in society. And we know from our experience that by working together as blind people, we have the best shot of being included in spaces where we are currently excluded. There's also time for our chapters to get local governments to remember and acknowledge White Cane Awareness Day by getting proclamations. And you can find the template on our website. Remember that all of our related Blind Month activities can be included on our website if an email is sent to us at web at nfb.org. And if you get your Blind Equality Achievement Month activities to us, we will post them on our website, which is nfb.org slash blindmonth. This is also a good time for us to lead those conversations with our friends, our family, about the techniques that blind people use to compete equally in the world. You know, a lot of people don't understand how blind people do the things that we do. And it's our responsibility to demystify what we do by opening up channels for those conversations. And uh, there's many ways we can do that. Through one-on-one -on -one conversations, through inviting people into conversations in our homes, to posting to our neighborhood listservs about the techniques that we do and encouraging people to ask questions. I know because I've heard from many chapters and members across the country that that work is happening and there are plans for this month. But don't forget that this work continues beyond Blind Equality Achievement Month into the other 11 months of the year. I know it can sometimes feel overwhelming to have to continually educate the public about the capacity of blind people. And I get it, I really do, because I face that same sense of being tired of educating. But let's use this month as an opportunity to own the education, to lead the education, rather than having to do it because we're forced to. Let's do it because we want to open those conversations so that we can change the narrative and have blind people in the leadership, leading the conversations, and making blind a positive in our society. So I'd ask every member what you can do to positively impact the discussion about blindness in your community. Now, when people ask you about what they can do to help the organized blind movement, we have some new things you can share. But before I talk about that, let me remind you that you should post about 
these activities and social media by using the hashtag BlindMonth, whether it's on Facebook or TikTok or Twitter or Instagram. And I also want to offer our first vice president and executive director of the Louisiana Center for the Blind, Pam Allen, an opportunity to comment on Blind Equality Achievement Month. Thank you, President Riccobono. And I think to piggyback on what you were saying, one of the key ways that we help promote equality and equity is through training. And in the National Federation of the Blind, we have led the way and helped shape training and increase opportunities for blind people. I'm so excited. We have several graduates from the Louisiana Center for the Blind with us here today. And I know that they are leading the way in Mississippi and Alabama and Louisiana and around the country, just like our training centers, our graduates from the Colorado Center for the Blind and Blind Incorporated. We're so grateful for the partnerships that we have here with the Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation and the difference that it makes training that is developed by blind people that really through words, through actions, through examples, activity, builds confidence and develops a positive philosophy about blindness so that we know that blindness will not hold us back from living the lives that we want. And we see that every day in our chapters, everyone going out in their local communities, reaching out to each other, mentoring one another and passing those skills and those opportunities. And most importantly, the positive belief about blindness that we know through the National Federation of the Blind. So thank you everybody for working together to help make that happen. Thank you, Pam. And uh, thank you to our training centers for their work to promote blind equality every day by empowering blind people. Now, it's been a very special week in other ways. On Wednesday, on September 28th, just a few days ago, I had the opportunity, along with Anil Lewis, our executive director of Blindness Initiatives, and other uh, staff of ours to go to the White House and attend a Rose Garden ceremony and celebration of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Now, you might say, why September? Well, the president of the United States had COVID at the end of July during the normal time for celebrating the anniversary of the ADA. So this was the ADA celebration. And uh, besides us, there were a number of other federationists in attendance because of their positions in the government or uh, elsewhere. So the federation and the blindness movement was well represented at the White House on Wednesday, September 28th. Even more significant than that was the fact that on that day, I had the opportunity to walk over to Senator Duckworth, who was uh, part of the crowd in the Rose Garden, and to thank her for that very day, introducing the Website and Software Applications Accessibility Act. The Senator Duckworth introduced the bill in the Senate, which is now S4998, and it was assigned to the Health Committee, and three original co-sponsors were on the Senate bill when it was released, Senator Casey of Pennsylvania, Senator Markey of Massachusetts, and Senator Schatz of Hawaii. But not only that, but we also had a House bill 
that was introduced, HR 9021, which was introduced by Representative John Sarbanes of Maryland. John Sarbanes happens to be the senator for the district where our national headquarters is. The House bill was assigned to the Committee on Education and Labor, as well as the House Committee on the Judiciary. So this is great news. We in the Federation have been working on this for well over 18 months. You'll remember that Senator Duckworth came to our convention in 2021 and talked about her interest in helping us with this bill, and we finally got it done. This bill expands on the requirements of the Americans with Disabilities Act to protect our rights in the digital space. Specifically, it provides a strong statutory definition for accessibility of websites and applications. Secondly, it provides a well-defined regulatory structure and schedule. Third, the bill provides safeguards against a rush to court settlements for inaccessible websites. And you know, this is something that the Federation has been concerned about companies being sued for the inaccessibility of their website and then signing confidential agreements that when we can then not hold them accountable for because they're not in the public. So this creates safeguards to ensure that accessibility is a true solution in the marketplace. Also, this bill provides substantial economic relief for people with disabilities who have been impacted by inaccessible websites and applications. So in one sense, we got the hard work done by getting the bill introduced, but we now need to take the next step in getting Congress to act on this bill. This is a good opportunity for us to reach out to members of the Senate and House in our affiliates and to remind them about all of our bills but also to make sure that they're aware of this very important new bill and to get them on board before the legislative session is done for this Congress. This is going to set a strong foundation for us going into the next Congress. But we shouldn't think that the clock has run out yet either. We still have a very good chance of getting a bill passed during this Congress, especially the Access Technology Affordability Act, which has a very good chance of getting attached to a bill before the clock runs out on this Congress. So please use this opportunity to reach out to members of Congress, encourage them to get on board with the web accessibility bill, but also to recognize that we have a number of other bills that need immediate attention. One last note about the web accessibility bill is that a number of other organizations have joined on in support of this effort that we spearheaded more than 18 months ago. And so we appreciate other organizations in the disability rights space joining with us to get this bill introduced and now to push it through Congress. 
Now, I want to uh, also, moving to beyond Blind Equality Achievement Month, remind our new members or maybe prospective members that might be listening that on November 2nd, we're having our next open house for new members or prospective members. The open house will be on November 2nd at 8 p.m. Eastern. If you're interested in participating, you can send an email to membership at nfb.org to register and to get information. I encourage our chapters to promote the open house. We do these on about a quarterly basis and they're a great way to help with the onboarding process for new and prospective members. You can also find the form to sign up for the open house on our website at nfb.org. Now, before I get into some other announcements, Pam, I, uh, you reminded me that I wanted to acknowledge, we have a number of folks that should be acknowledged in the audience uh, with us, but I did wanna acknowledge Dr. Stenson, who is the superintendent of the Mississippi Schools for the Deaf and Blind is with us here this evening. Also, uh, Dorothy Young, who is the Director of Rehabilitation Services for the Blind in Mississippi, with us. Dorothy is a great partner of ours in our career mentoring program, so thank you for that. We uh, also have, in addition to our local chapter president, Lashana Fant, who I mentioned earlier, is here. We also have with us the immediate past president of the NFB of Mississippi, Katrina Pendarvis, is here. And we also have uh, one of our newest national board members and president of the NFB of Alabama, Barbara Manuel is here. We have many other people with us. This is really uh, an exciting venue and uh, we really appreciate our decks and chapter warmly welcoming us into our first, I guess technically our first presidential release live on the road where we took proposals and uh, we're hoping to go out on the road again soon. Oh, wait, we're doing that. Oh, at least I'm doing that next month. I do have a few Federation family notes to share with you on this release. I regret to have to inform you of the passing of Mr. Galen Tootle of Georgia on Saturday, September 10th, 2022. Galen was a longtime leader of our Georgia affiliate. He served as second vice president of the affiliate. He was the committee chairperson for the advocacy and legislative committee. And he also served as president of the CSRA chapter in Georgia. Please keep Galen's wife, Barbara and his family in your thoughts and prayers. Also from Georgia, Joanne Johnson, president of the NFB of Georgia's Gwyneth chapter, reports the passing of Mr. Glenn Scott, who was 81 years old and lived in Duluth, Georgia. He passed away on Saturday, September 11th, and uh, Mr. Glenn and his daughter were founding members of the chapter back in 2015 and have been very active 
in the Federation. I would encourage you to keep that family in your thoughts and prayers. From West Virginia, our president, Marcus Soulsby, reports the passing of Roland Payne on uh, August 1st of this year because of a prolonged illness. Federation members may remember that Mr. Payne previously served as the affiliate president in West Virginia and had a long time record of leadership and a number of accomplishments on behalf of blind people in West Virginia and beyond. One of the strongest credits that he earned is bringing the NFB Newsline service to West Virginia and securing stable funding for that service. So please keep him and his family in your thoughts and prayers. And I would encourage us to remember all of those who I may not have known about on this release. Now we do have one joyous piece of news from the state of Missouri. Ben Versalone announces the birth of his second daughter, Mina, born on September 5 at 8.38 a.m. She weighed in at seven pounds, 13 ounces, and she measured 20.5 inches long. Ben reports that Mina and mom are doing very well, as well as Mina's older sister and the proud papa himself. So congratulations to Mina on being the newest member of the National Federation of the Blind. I think that's uh, what I have to offer the Federation family on this October presidential release. Before we get to the customary endings, though, I do want to take a moment to give a very special birthday wish on this October release to Diane McGeorge of Colorado, who next week will be celebrating her 90th birthday. Federation members know that Diane McGeorge founded the Colorado Center for the Blind and has made other significant contributions to the Federation beyond being door prize Diane. I wish I was able to be at the great celebration that's going to happen in Colorado for Diane, but since I can't quite make it out to be there, I wanted to give Diane a very special happy birthday wish on this release from all of the Federation members. Now, we have a very special customary ending for this release from students at the Mississippi School for the Blind here in Jackson. So before we get to that, I do want to say thank you for the work that you all are doing to promote Blind Equality Achievement Month and to advance our work in the National Federation of the Blind. Let's go build the National Federation of the Blind. Thanks again for being with us tonight. Join the next presidential release that will be live from California on Thursday, November 3rd, via Zoom, the Nation's Blind YouTube channel, our internet stream, or by asking your Amazon device to open Nation's Blind. You can contact President Riccobono at 410-659-9314 or via email at officeofthepresident at nfb.org. Thank you. Hi, my name's JG and I'm eight years old. I have some jokes for you. 
What did the Pacific Ocean say to the Atlantic Ocean? What? what? Nothing. They just wave. <laughs> What's your name? James Gray. How old are you? Nine. What you got for me? What do you get when you drop a pumpkin? What? Squash! What did one we say to the other? What? I'm falling for you. Why do birds fly south in the fall? Why? Because it's too far to walk. The preceding message was brought to you by Mark Riccobono, President, National Federation of the Blind, Office of the President at nfb.org, 410-659-9314, www.nfb.org. Let's go build the National Federation of the Blind.